the Old Testament reading according to the prophet Zephaniah, chapter 3. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cleared away your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall never again fear evil. On that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear not, O Zion. Let not your hands grow weak. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival, so that you will no longer suffer reproach. Behold, at that time I will deal with all your oppressors, and I will save the lame and gather the outcast. Then I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time I will bring you in, at the time when I gather you together, for I will make you renowned and praised among all the peoples of the earth. When I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our sermon text is the Old Testament lesson, which we have just heard read, but I will just reread these couple of verses here at the beginning. Sing aloud, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O Israel. Rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. He has cast out your enemies. The King of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. You shall fear evil no more. Thus far, our text. Now, just what would you consider yourself? Let's talk sports just for a minute to think if that somehow relates to this text. For we hear here that Zephaniah says, sing aloud, rejoice, shout out, for good things are happening. Some people go to sporting events and they get so excited about it, they do do a lot of shouting. In fact, some people shout so much, when they come home, they are hoarse. Now, other people, they're more subdued, and they don't carry on quite so much that way, but I suppose inside, they might be all kind of tensed up too. But in our text here, Zephaniah is encouraging us to shout aloud. Why? What's so exciting? What is happening here in the Old Testament? He says, rejoice and exult with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. That's you, the church, daughter of Jerusalem. Now here's why. The Lord has taken away the judgments against you. Wow, now that is something to shout about. If you want to be honest with yourself, it'll probably make you depressed, so don't get too down here. But if we would think about ourselves and all that we have done against our God and our neighbors, 
We know, as David knew well after he was caught and was convicted of his sins, he knows that God's judgments against us are true. Who amongst us have kept the commandments? Well, nobody, of course. We can't even keep the first commandment. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. What does this mean? We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Who amongst us has done that? Well, nobody. Absolutely nobody. The preacher, the writer of Ecclesiastes, says there is no one on earth who does all these things and never sins. And of course, the scriptures are, are full of we have missed the mark. We have fallen, all of us, just as our first parents, Adam and Eve, fell. And then we've inherited all their rebellious nature. So then we have rebelled against our Lord and our Savior. But, the prophet Zephaniah says, rejoice and exalt with all your heart. How can we? Because God has taken the judgments against us away. In other words, he forgives us. He forgives us all of our sins. That's, uh, that's just amazing that he would forgive us all of our sins. Everything. I once heard one of our preachers, I shouldn't say this, but... He said something like, I suppose when we get to heaven, God is going to remind us of some of those times that we didn't follow him as we should. And I said, no, that is not right. When we get to heaven, we're coming in as Jesus, righteous and forgiven. That's what the prophet is saying here. All the judgments against us are gone. They have been paid for by our Savior, Jesus, on the cross. So the prophet says, rejoice. Now this is really something to cheer about. Our judgments against us have been cast, taken away. Then he says, he has cast out your enemies. Wow, we have no enemies. Satan and his evil minions have been defeated. When Christ cried out from the cross, it is finished, Satan was defeated. He and all the evil devils that followed him. Remember that? Whenever Jesus was in his earthly life and he was traveling somewhere, and he met up with somebody that was demon-possessed. Remember how they would cry out, Lord, Lord, don't! They knew. That's interesting, isn't it? The devils know who Jesus Christ is. And they are deathly afraid of him. For our enemies have been defeated. Jesus said that he saw Satan cast out of heaven like lightning. When he decided to rebel against God, he was cast out of heaven. And the prophet says to us, rejoice. Now this is something to be happy about. 
I mean, maybe we have aches and pains and things still hurt us, etc. But we have the joy in our heart and in our soul because we know that our enemies are defeated. In fact, what does Jesus say in the Sermon on the Mount? You know, even if they take our life, they can't take our soul. Remember that, those dear brothers, was that in Egypt a few years ago when the ISIS murderers got a hold of them? 21 of them had to kneel down, hands tied behind their backs, and they had their heads cut off because they would not deny Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And Jesus said, even if they take our life, they cannot destroy our soul. We have no enemy that can take our faith in Christ away from us. Nobody can do that because Jesus has died and defeated all of our enemies. Now that is something to rejoice about and shout as the prophet tells us. And then he goes on to say, this is all in one verse, 15. The king of Israel, the Lord, is in your midst. He's here. He's with us always. Through the water of holy baptism, the triune God takes up residence within us, creates new life within us, born of the Holy Spirit, and he is with us our entire life. He will never leave us. Now, we can walk away, right? We can say, oh boy, you know, I'm tired of all this forgiveness. I'm tired of all these promises of your love and forgiveness. The promise of going to heaven and living in great happiness eternally, forever and ever. I'm tired of that. Well, sure, you can be tired of it and you can leave God, but he will not leave you. That is, of course, if we live in faith, in true repentance, and continue to believe that, yes, Jesus Christ died in our stead, that we might have forgiveness and the certain hope of eternal life. Rejoice, for the Lord is with you. And then he says, you shall fear evil no more. You know, I think of St. Paul. Remember that in Philippians, I think it's chapter 3. Where he says, how does he say that? He he's pursues the goal that is set before him. Not looking back behind me of what my life was like in the past. But keeping my eyes ever fixed on the goal which lies before me. That is eternal life in heaven with our Savior. And I don't let my sins drag me down. You know, now, Paul had a lot to be concerned about, as you well know. He, uh, in fact, claimed himself to be pursuing along rather nicely in the Pharisaic trait, or sect, and advancing along because he was persecuting the church. And he was even there holding the coats of those 
who were stoning Stephen to death. Here this righteous man who loved his Lord and served him faithfully is being stoned to death and Paul is there approving of it and holding the coats of those who were throwing the stones at him. Now certainly when Paul was knocked off his horse on his way to Damascus and the Lord Jesus was merciful to him and created faith in his heart. Certainly now Paul, once he became a Christian and then became an apostle, he had a lot to be concerned about in his former life. But, he says, I don't look back. That's what Zephaniah is talking about here. You shall fear evil no more. You know, your past is behind you, your sins are washed away constantly through the waters of holy baptism. You are constantly being washed and cleansed of all sin. So when we die and we meet our Lord Jesus Christ, he doesn't say, North, remember what you did in this earthly life? No. He says, come on in, my good and faithful servant, because I died for you. I bled for you, I forgive you, and I took your unrighteousness, and in exchange, I give you my righteousness. That's why we are dressed in those white baptismal gowns when we're brought to the font, to symbolize putting on Christ and then living in him all the days of my life so that we can rejoice no matter what we face in this life, because God sent his son to die in our stead. Now that's something to rejoice about. Thanks be to God. Amen. Now may the peace that passeth all understanding keep your hearts and minds through faith in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen.